A nigga got a woosah. Coming at me, never work no matter who try. I got them all in check without the woo-ha. Flip modes on you quick, got a few sides. Coming from the sex side. When niggas go and shower, pussy just to get by. Stay true, never switch sides. Yeah, the game to me. Yo, this is Stacey and Dan. You're listening to The Dull Roar. Mic check, mic check, mic check. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dog War Podcast radio station. This is episode eight of our podcast series. I'm your co-host, Stacy. On the other end, we got Dan. Yep. And man, how you feeling today? I feel like, I feel like, I feel, whenever, whenever someone asks, like, yo, how you feeling? And I say good, my initial, initial, like, gut check reaction is like, wait, why am I, like, am I allowed to feel good during these times? Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense? Like, mm-hmm. is anyone really good? Like, I'm all right. But like, yeah. I'm still fucked up a little bit. Right, right, right. This is there yeah. might be some there might be some trauma that we're all gonna have to address at some point in our lives after this is all said and done, like later down the line. Word. Where I'm just Word. like spazzing out on my grandkids. Like, don't waste the almond milk. No, that's no way. You're using too much goddamn toilet paper. Like, Come on, not the almond milk. <laughs> goddamn Tory Lanes. <laughs> like just really just just spazzing out for no fucking reason. Had to tackle a nigga for that toilet paper back in 2020. You wouldn't get it, young boy. You can only get two cartons of eggs at a time. Two. Come on, man. Where's your mask? Come on. Where's your mask? Grandpa, what's a mask? Like, come on, man. It's always something interesting every single day. Oh, first of all, um, CNN or no, the Pentagon had just announced or officially released video clips of a UFO, which is really just, you know, stands for unidentified flying objects. So it's not like, oh, and right. it, but like the fact that that was kind of like thrown in there, but it's not the weirdest thing that I've heard. Not at all. Like all these things is just mad funny. Yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, we got UFOs now. But that's I just regular thought, <laughs> Monday news. I was also waiting for the aliens to, to, to touch down. I was like, yo, that's the only way things can get mad crazy. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes um, over the That week. would be the season finale of, of Earth. Oh yeah. Just that's how this. If if you think of twenty twenty as like a season, the only finale that makes sense is aliens taking over. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, one real quick, I just want to say is the one R.I.P. and it is the one year anniversary of a well, not one year anniversary. A year ago today, we were at FedEx Field for Broccoli City Fest, and Man. yeah, we made maybe the last one. Maybe the last one. So Historic, and we ain't even know it that day. RIP to that, man. There were so many memories. Just first of all, the, the two that we, well, you've gone to three, right? I went to three, yeah. Yeah. So I've, I'm, I'm a, a Broccoli City OG. Yeah. Uh, I've gone to two. Really only one, because the first one I went to, I don't remember shit. Um, yeah, you weren't there. With none I wasn't of us, there either. <laughs> none of us were there. I, <laughs> that was an experience, man. Never do edibles at a, yeah. never do edibles at a festival, ever. Yeah. Ever. Never do edibles, period. They will fuck you up. Unless if you're unless you're very good at moderation, like I we took an edible moderate. the other day, I don't know how to moderate. We did not moderate at all. I, I took an edible, edible the other day. I got like a a two hundred twenty five gram uh, milligram chocolate bar, and it's like this one like tiny square divided up into like super tiny tiny like nine other like really tiny squares, mm-hmm. and uh, I took like a row. I was like, okay, these three little squares aren't going to do nothing to me. Dog, I was high for a, a good 10 hours. Sheesh. <laughs> like, I took that shit <laughs> at, like, maybe 3 in the afternoon. 
I was high when I went to sleep. Yeah. At like midnight. Yeah, you have to like block out. You have to be expect to be off and not doing anything productive for the next two days after you take it. Because like yeah. for me, it's more it's more so the recovery. Even when I'm at my peak high, it's the recovery for me that I really have to like recoup and really look myself in the mirror. Like, like, come on, bro, you're better than this. Like, why? <laughs> like, I feel worse. The post recovery for that for me is worse than a really really bad hangover, which I haven't had in a very long time. But it's just worse than that. So, uh, what is um, other things that happen? Oh, let's talk about insecure. Let's get to it. I have thoughts. All right, share your thoughts. The one, the one that jumped out to me was so the girl that Lawrence is talking to this season, who's like friends with Issa. So in this episode, I guess she, it's like a Thanksgiving episode. So Lawrence is over his new girl's crib, as she's hosting like a friendsgiving type thing, and. Lawrence is in the middle of, I guess it's his first time meeting all of her friends or whatever. And it comes up that she divorced Mm -hmm. and he looks shocked, which lets the viewer know that, okay, she didn't tell him that she was fucking divorced, but they've been talking for months. And I was just like, wait, what? Like why? That, That just seemed like a weird writing choice. Like, wait, how are you talking to someone for it? We have to think months, right? And you don't know that they were in a whole ass marriage before you like, well, how would that not come up? Uh, yeah, the, the time, like the, the in show timeline for, I've honestly, for a lot of shows for me, sometimes it's like weird. Cause you never know. Cause what's your name? What's your name has been pregnant for four seasons, but then you see in the next episode preview that she's had, uh-huh. that she's had her baby. Uh-huh. Uh, so it I'm has like, felt like she's been pregnant for mad long, for like mad long, bro. It's been like, Two years and you've been having that baby bump for the longest time. Um, so, but I feel you on, it's kind of like interesting. Okay. The assumption is you guys have been dealing with each other for a while. Yeah. And you didn't drop that knowledge. But then again, it's kind of like, what were the expectations? Like, was it moving? Because obviously they were on two separate planes when it came to, hey, I want to move in this direction. Nah, I think I want to move in this direction. Like Lawrence definitely seemed more pressed than she did. So she didn't think it was like, okay, sure. like I wasn't ready to reveal that because maybe I don't know if this is what is going. Like she didn't invite him to the dinner mm-hmm. off rip. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, it's kind of She wasn't like, going to invite him there. Yeah, right. So I, I think, so are you saying it's more of a weird writing choice for that time to go by and her not to mention it to him until that moment? Or are you saying in general, like in a real life scenario, it'd be like, yo, off rip why would you not mention this not even it doesn't have to be off rip so it was option two in real life that's just something that would strike i feel most people as weird if you're talking for months it doesn't have to be like date one like oh by the way i was married but like you would think that would come up in conversation for two three months it's weird that it would i noticed that off top yeah yeah that's fair that's a fair assessment um again i think that's yeah that's just a communication drop where it's like hey say what it is and if i guess if lawrence was in the under in the understanding that oh you know what this is just like a temporary thing like you know what i'm saying it's you know filling a void you know blase blase uh like he did the other old girl uh i think yeah tasha then like all right cool no big deal but you know he was in his feelings uh and then he pulled the let me uh slide in the dims 
which is a very intentional move. Mm. Very intentional. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. I've seen many a man make that move. I may Nine may, times out of ten, <laughs> it's a mistake. I may or may not have made that move myself once, yeah. once or twice. Um, Same. have <laughs> been there. Yeah, man. Charge it to the game. Charge it to the fucking game, bro. Uh, but another bigger show news, The Last <laughs> Dance, episode three and four. Yeah. The other day, Robin, Robin and um, the Pistons as well. Which yep. I really, really, really enjoyed those two episodes. Those for sure. Um, I guess I'll start on the Pistons part first because okay. I got I got a take for that. Okay. Um, so it's just interesting to me. One, I think it's very interesting. I want to know how this documentary would have played out if Jerry Krause was still alive, because mm. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if the narrative would necessarily be the same if he was still around at all. Like, I don't think some of the people... Honestly, it might be harsher. Might they be. have... They're talking shit about him still, and he's dead. True, but so he, if might he was have, there to hear it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it'd be even harsher in some, in some respects. Well, I also feel like if he was around, he might have more insight. Granted, I also don't know... I know this has been, this has been in production for a little while. So He'd he have might, a chance to might. defend himself against some of these claims, yeah. Right. So, he died in 2017, so maybe they have some more recent clips or takes of him instead of because the most it goes to is 2003 if you've noticed that and the, and the first four four episodes has been to up until 2003 so it'll just be interesting to see him his point of view further down the line because 2003 is not too far off from you know when all that shit went down so just, you know, how, as people develop over time and they look back and they're like, oh, you know what? I regret that. Or it's like, nah, like if you're an MJ and you're like, nah, I still don't fuck with Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> uh, homeboy. That shit was funny. <laughs> Niggas was like, yo, they called them straight up bitches when they walked off. He was like, how'd you feel about that? Yo, straight up bitches. <laughs> Shout out to ESPN for letting the words fly as well. Word. For sure. But yeah, it's just mad interesting to, to see how that narrative goes and MJ having more of a, it seems like he has more of a pull on the narrative right now, which I'm not necessarily mad at. I'm not saying oh, he's wrong. Completely controlling the narrative. Yeah. But, you know, just a thought. That's also, probably the price they had to pay to get this kind of access to him because he's right. known for not giving anyone access to shit. Yeah. So he was probably like, okay, I'll give you this access, but we're going to tell this shit my way. And yeah. ESPN was probably like, all right, but. Right. Um, also, in the Pistons episode, and as I was listening, it was so every, I think most people that weren't living in that time and they view MJ now as like, oh, he's the, he's the, he's the arguable goat. Mm-hmm. Actually, sometimes not even arguable. He's like, yo, he is hands down the goat. Yeah. And he's just been unstoppable and unbelievable throughout all of his career. And not true. The highlight and the focus has always been on those six rings. Yeah. Oh, I never lost, never lost in the finals, but they, most people don't talk about the struggle the other, that he had up to that point. The other nine seasons where he didn't win a ring, yeah. Right. And those nine seasons, it's like, yo, wait a minute. You're, you're, still, you're still dominating the game. Like, you're still an sure. offensive weapon of mass destruction, but you're not winning. And that type of narrative for players in today's game doesn't go well because it's like, oh, you can do all this, but you can't win. Like, yo, MJ was basically the – the, the mid to late 80s version of James Harden. 
You know what I'm saying? And it's like all the stats, but no ring. All the stats. And it's like, yo, during that time period where people hounding him for for not being able to finish in those big moments or win those big games or get his championship, like were no. the were the rings as prominent then as they are now? Like with no that, ring with rings culture didn't exist then. Mm. It didn't exist then. People weren't penalized for like not winning a chip. For example, like Charles Barkley played in the same era. He's universally recognized as one of the top fifty greatest of all time. It does like. Especially, like, while he was playing, he was still looked at as, like, one of the best in the league, despite the fact he never won. Couldn't beat Jordan. Facts. No one could. Like, when he hit, when, once he hit his prime. So right. Like, it wasn't held against them in the same way it would be now. True. I also think with that whole, with that whole thought is the media today is different and it's formed different. And honestly, anyone with a phone can be a part of media. And with the advancement of social media you have facebook twitter ig and people can just make their thoughts known and mm-hmm. they can be put on the same platform as your established writers and journalists and producers and top media personnel so joe nobody could send off a tweet saying mj can't finish mm-hmm. when it really counts and that will be seen on the same plane as Hey, if Bumani Jones sends out a tweet on something or Adam Scheffner, you know what I'm saying? Like anyone sure. that's prominent in that field because it's on the same platform. So we didn't have that. That, that didn't exist back then. So maybe no. people were thinking it, but no one's going on Twitter. There were definitely, and they touched on this uh, last night in the episode. There were definitely like sports journalists, columnists writing about like, oh, MJ can't win the big one. But that wasn't like the narrative on him. He was still seen as one of the best before he won his first rank. But it's just interesting. So, but you you have players today, i.e., LeBron, who, again, social media. So it, obviously, it's different, and other some other things too. Like, granted, the the bar was set super duper high for him the moment he stepped foot in the NBA. Prior to that, the, the bar was set since high school ridiculous, ridiculously high. For that, wasn't necessarily the same for MJ coming no. in, but he came in. Killing it. I mean, yeah. LeBron James came in putting numbers too, but not he wasn't MJ because MJ was that prototype. He set the games played the way it is now, or like that 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 athletic ability mm-hmm. that we see and that finesse and that that glam. That's MJ. That's MJ Brooklyn. Like, and granted, there were other people before right. MJ that helped develop that too, like sure. Showtime Lakers, you know, Magic Show, all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like that's all. That's a joy to watch. And the, Dr. J. Watching those, right. And even watching those highlights, it's like, oh, wow. Like, this is the blueprint. This is where it originated from. Cool. But MJ really set that standard for Definitely. everything past then. And granted, there are, there have been other trendsetters in the league, not just gameplay-wise, but um, off the court as well. When it culturally? Comes culturally, endorsements. AI. Fashion, yeah, all that culture music like it's it's there's been players past him but all i'm saying is like mj arguably no one had the same amount of impact that he had i would i would argue ai is a very close second like I'd after say MJ, first. i would say well i'm saying after mj i would say yeah. ai no i put him before mj you would put you would put culturally AI his impact yeah i think so because mm. no one was no one was merging hip hop 
and basketball like that in the league before AI. Right, but half well, cornrows, niggas weren't fully tatted. I mean, Rodman had tats, but like niggas weren't fully tatted up outside of him. Niggas didn't have the the sleeve, like the the swagger he played with. Like that's you can see his DNA all over the NBA right now. True, that's all. So very not to say everyone didn't want to be like Jordan, but like niggas weren't dressing like Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Oh well, <laughs> not with those fits. Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> so but it's very ironic because his on the court swag was oh top notch, bar none. I would take yeah. over anyone. But ever. off the court, no. off the court, he dressed dressed like a fucking op, bro. Like, <laughs> hey, can I get a one boot cut of, jeans, one bag of a weed, please? Like, <laughs> oh man, but nah, I'm just thinking like. Even with the Jordan brand and the sneakers and things like that and, like, how Nike just revolutionized with Jordan being a part of their brand and establishment, I feel like that had a big push into fashion and pop pop culture as well. So, granted, yeah, AI AI took it to a whole nother level for sure. I would argue if you don't have Jordan, you don't have some of the swag that some people have. Especially when it comes down to the shoes. Come on. I hear that. I hear that. That's my argument. Oh, for full wear, yeah, no. Jordan for sure got that. That's, that's my argument. No one's ever topped him from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. That was a very good episode going back and forth, talking about, um, you know, the struggles he had to go through to get past the Pistons. And then the niggas beat him dead. <laughs> <laughs> the clips that were playing. I'm fouling the shit out of him. <laughs> There's something like funny and almost like therapeutic about watching like 80s physical basketball. Cause like we just don't have that at all now. And it's just wild the shit that the rest would even let slide in a lot of the cases. Drop kick niggas, fucking <laughs> people's elbow. They were dead tackling niggas midair, like out People of the air. Jumping the like, nosebleed seats and then like pencil guys <laughs> onto the court just to like slam <laughs> a nigga, take the it fucking bench wild. and like, hit him with the. Hit him with the team seats. Yeah, dog. It's it was it was fucking wild. crazy back in the day. Uh, so then we had the second episode was focusing a lot on uh, Dennis. Yeah. Dennis Rodman. And that was a really dope episode, too. I actually, it's my, my favorite, favorite so part, and this is just like the athlete in me, when he was breaking down, like, how he really put in a routine, how he practiced. We got so that rebounding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just having my teammates, like, boom, chuck up shots, and I would really study the angles that the balls went into in different directions so I can get used yeah. to that. Like, that's, that's dedication. For sure. That's dedication. And, yeah, hands down, one of the best rebounders. Um, he definitely needs to get, you know, his flowers for sure. And in a lot of spaces, he does. For, for real. More so for his off-the-court shit. Yeah, but, yeah, more so, yeah, more so for his off-the-court antics. Wow, can you imagine telling your boss, yo, I go into Vegas for 48 hours and then I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, my boss that? would be like, okay, cool. You're not coming back either because you're fired, nigga. Dog. Crazy. Also, shout to Phil because that nigga was on acid. Yep. <laughs> just like didn't know I didn't know that. But then as I was like, not certain things are starting to make sense to me. Makes sense if you like really like think about Phil and how Zen he is. Yeah. It makes sense that he's a hippie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But he was, right? He was part of the last winning, what, like, Knicks team? 
Yes. I haven't won since Phil Jackson, which is also ironic because I feel like people were really, really, really started shitting on the Knicks after he became part of the front office. Yeah. Like during that whole stint, and it's just like, yo, Phil Jackson is destroying this team, this franchise, all of that. Probably the best coach ever. Awful front office, like GM, president. Yeah. Like you don't want him in your front office at all. Mm-hmm. If he's not coaching, keep him the fuck away from your team. Jordan being like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll just go pick him up from Vegas. <laughs> I need them to really go into, like, I want, I, I want. Like, what did Jordan see? We know, but first of all, we know, we know the type of wild boy Jordan is. So I don't understand For sure. in this narrative right now that's like, oh. He, he never, never did never anything done. wrong. Well, he was just like in the corner praying what? the whole time. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> we know about you, dog. Reading the Bible, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no, I would never. <laughs> Like, bro, we know you. You be gambling, dog. You be, you be off to Henny. Like, we know you, MJ. Bro, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> what? So uh, this like, this like, new narrative he's pushing. Jack just keeps filling up each and every time. <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't go down. It just keeps getting higher and higher and higher. Yeah, more filled. Um, but yeah, no, that was a very, 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 very entertaining episode for sure with uh, with Dennis. And I'm just excited. Oh, speaking of Dennis, oh, yeah. can I tell my Dennis story? Uh, of course. Okay. So, <laughs> so listeners, I actually met Dennis Rodman one time. This was uh, over the summer. So I was working as a cameraman for TMZ for a couple months. Talk uh, about it. <laughs> yeah. It mostly sucked. Super long hours of like <laughs> trying to run down celebrities like all across New York City and like get them to stop for interviews. 95% of the time, they didn't stop. Um, and it was just like a notoriously hard job because like people would, so TMZ will give like cameramen like two, basically like two month tryout periods. And I remember like my first week, like my, my managers who basically like trained me super cool, by the way, both of them, they were like, yeah. So in the last couple of years, we probably had like maybe 20 to 25 different people try out and like none of them made it, but good luck though. You're going to be great. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> um, it's around the time of fashion week. So it's like September fashion week's like a huge thing in New York city every year. Um, Dennis Rahman is in town for an event. So we go, uh, we end up like finding out like what hotel he's staying at. So we like, we meet him right as he's coming out to like go to an event or whatever. It's like him and his boy or whatever. We, he stops, he sees the TMZ shit. He stops, he looks at me. It's like, mind you, it's like five cameramen. We're all with TMZ. We're all just there chilling, like posted up waiting for him. He stops, he looks at me. He's like, Hey, yo, my man, are you black? Like he's talking to me. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, word, word. Sucks, don't it? And he just walks off. <laughs> he just walks off, doesn't answer anyone's questions. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, yo, what? Like, what? what is Dennis on right now? And uh, he just walks off. That was the last I saw of him. Wow. And the rest of the cameraman just looking at me like, yo, what? was that real life? Like you just saw that? And I was like, yeah. And I'll just, that was probably like my most memorable uh, celebrity run in at TMZ. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> you need to talk more about your TMZ stories, bro. First of all, if y'all don't know, Dan has worked with a whole lot of major publishing and magazine companies. I've done all right. The last and he's humble. He's humble. He's very humble about it. He's very, he's yeah. very, very, he's like too humble about it. Like too humble about it. <laughs> It was like, yeah, 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 I just casually work at Google. Like, nigga, what? 
Uh, I did okay these last three, four years. Next uh, iPhone uh, keynote speech uh, next summer. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, bro, okay. <laughs> hey, I know it's early, but I definitely want to get into some music because I, I felt like we pushed it to yeah. the plans last time. A lot yeah. of good stuff had come out um, last year. Yeah, there's been a couple good releases. Right, singles. Yeah. Other things. And I've been vibing to a couple songs. Uh, this one song is called Light Turn Green. It's mm-hmm. by Maxwell and John Guys. Really cool. Uh, Maxwell, it's spelled M-X-X-W-L-L. Uh, I thought you were talking about like Maxwell, Maxwell, the R&B song. Oh, no, no, not him, not him. So that's why I had to, that's why I had to spell it out. Gotcha. Really good vibes. Let me play this real quick. It's called Light Turn Green. Yo, 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 cruising in my 86, no AC, HD on my Haiti tip. At the light, they dreaming by my lady's hip. Then I hear a nigga screaming, Can you spare a cigarette? His life was at a standstill, like I see the silhouette. A Vietnam vet didn't think he just needed attention. Sit! Think I discovered the fine line between loving to live and living to die fly. If you got in your gears and never deny time, I interjected, told him I'm really feeling your story. I'm on my way to the store and you're starting to bore me. I gave him two cigarettes, then the light turned green. Get the stress for me. Seen this nigga hit the shimmy on his tippy toes Let us stay and peep the scene, but I had to go I hop back into my whip and hit the gas on him Seen these two bad bitches with the ass on him Light turn green, Maxwell I'm digging that Yeah, a little vibe, a little vibe I see Ray Khalil was featured on that Oh yeah Shout out Ray Khalil From that, uh, that Netflix show That, uh Chance Cardi B at two hour the judges on trying to find like, the next rap superstar. I forgot the title, but she was on there. She killed it. You wanna play this Asher record. So yeah, Asher Roth, if you remember I Love College from like 2010, 11. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh, I was so excited. Good times. Getting hearing that song senior year going into college. Man. Yeah, that was a that was a feeling. That's what I thought college was gonna be like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in many ways, it kind of was like my freshman year when I was hanging out with like mad white kids, just going <laughs> mad like white frat parties. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so Astro Roth just he dropped an album last week. Um, it's called Flowers on the Weekend. This is the intro. It's called Things Change, and I'm fucking with it. Feel better as soon as I take a breath of a breather. Neither either, man. I'm here nor there. I'm everywhere. I'm every shared experience. I'm serious. 
serious, I'm kidding, I'm living lord willing and chilling No ceiling while dealing in feelings, all things considered, it's going swimmingly No 23 in me, in my DNA, when I was 23, I was in the A I was 17 straight, all day, no break, till I Californicate Had to leave LA, get my shit straight, re-up on my game I was getting away from everything of what I was made Well, maybe it's a mental thing, feeling pressure from the fam and the friends and the fans Cameras always on, come on Wayne, party on Living like it's Mardi Gras, sorry dog, gotta grow Tell me what the future holds, you don't make, you never know Only thing that never changes is things change Only thing that never changes is things change Yeah, that was Things Change by Asher Roth Speaking of I Love College and that whole era, that time that we were in. It seemed, man, it's been a while. So first of all, I met you in 2013. I've known mm-hmm. you for about seven years. So man, shout yeah. out to you. I love you, Brody. Mara, love you too. <laughs> um, I had a friend send me a, she sent me a picture and I was at, we were both, it was before I actually even knew her. We were at an event. In like 2016. So this was actually post-college, like right after college. Yeah. Uh, at Maryland, we had uh, this FreshCon event, basically introducing all the new black freshmen that came on campus. Uh, mm-hmm. And I kind of sort of, I, I didn't, do, didn't have a big part, but I was a part of some of the planning uh, and things like that. Uh, and, I, and I saw that pic and I just, it just brought me back just to all that just that era, that era of time where things were so simple. Yeah. The struggle was real, absolutely. Like, in that moment, there were definitely times where I was like, yo, what the fuck? Can't do this shit. Can't wait to get out. But looking at it in hindsight, I always love looking back and seeing the progress that I've made in life. I would kill for the problems I had as like a 20 year old to be my problems now at 26. Because you get a break. You get a break when you're, when you're broke and struggling and sure. possibly clinically depressed when you're a 19, 20 something year old in college. Like it's okay. It's okay. And anyone that's in that phase right now, it's okay. It's okay to struggle. I'm telling you things will, things will get better, persist, keep pushing forward. I do know things are pretty interesting right now with COVID looming over us. Yeah. I know, you know, graduation, that zen, that 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 excitement isn't going to be the same. Uh, Maryland did announce that they're going to do a virtual graduation. Like my sister's graduation is going to be on May twenty second. Mm-hmm. So that'll be that'll be kind of interesting. I don't know how they're going to pull that off. It's like going to be like on Zoom, like everybody log into Zoom at the same. Yes. <laughs> um 10,000 people on a Zoom call? Like how is that going to I don't know. I, <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know how they're going to pull it off, but they're going to yeah. do something to acknowledge sure that's supposed to graduate uh this semester. But just thinking about there's just so many memories, you know, from college. And I know we might have talked about, you know, a few whether it's, you know, listening to music in our dorm or when nothing was the same dropped. Uh I was going to open this space up. Did you have any memorable college moments you want to share on the podcast memorable college oh shit they yeah, putting it on the spot oh yeah this uh this did not come up in our pre-production meeting right before this uh <laughs> I can go first. 
Yeah, go first. Go first. Uh, buy some time real quick. Yeah, it's it's there's a whole lot to choose from for sure, and we can continue to throw in some some stories as we continue our episodes. Mm-hmm. But one story that I'll disclose, I want to tell our Miami story, and I think enough time has passed where okay. it's okay for me to tell the full scope of that story because there's some i want to i want to turn this into a screenplay i'm not even gonna lie to you <laughs> a screenplay or a fucking novel it deserves <laughs> that kind of treatment there was a shit lot is very <laughs> cinematic in how it played out yo there's, <laughs> there's a lot of people that we went down there with not with but that were down there while we were down there that Dude. don't know the story at all which is like mad funny because Everyone it's pretty was, much our entire cl- class at UMD was oh, yeah, also sure. in Miami for spring break in 2015. Yeah, definitely a good time. So 2015, spring break, we decided to go down to Miami. I also don't feel like we, we didn't make that decision because, oh, everyone's going down there. No, I didn't we didn't know. Going down there. So it was five of us, uh, myself, Danny, uh, my, uh, our friend Nick, friend Mike, and our friend Jasmine. We're like, yo, let's load up. Shout out Nick, Mike, and Jasmine. Yeah, man. We definitely got to run that back. But I had just got a car top of the semester in like January. I was like, yo, fuck it. We'll just drive down there. Because money was scarce. And I think in my head, I was like, yo, I'm not going to be able to afford a plane ticket and a hotel and and all the money for the shenanigans. All the Ubering that we was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. No. So we're like, fuck it, we'll drive. So we took turns driving the 16-hour drive. So we get down there. I've never been to Miami before. Wasn't really hip to what were, like, the key spots, but I knew, Ocean's, I knew it was Ocean's Drive. But we didn't yeah. stay by Ocean's Drive. We stayed on, like, 87th. No. Ocean's no Drive is, like, 17th on the 1st Street. And we were, our hotel was on 87th, just, you know. Seven, a smooth 70 blocks. Yeah, a smooth, bro. A smooth <laughs> 70 fucking blocks, right? <laughs> but anyway, oh my God, the shenanigans we get into, and this could be a whole hour and a half podcast to talk about the shenanigans we went to. Word. I'll make this story very, very concise. So we had stayed on 87th Street. We had only planned on staying, I would say, three, three to four days. And the funds and the allocations weren't depleted by the tail end of like, the night before we were supposed to like leave. So we're like, yo, are y'all down to stay an extra two days? So we were like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll be down to do that. Cool. Everyone's like, cool. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll look for a hotel. And there's some things that happened prior to that. Went to KOD the first time. I'm never going to fucking KOD show me that I can't do strip clubs. And I've been to strip clubs. I think not everybody's built. Yeah. Not everybody's built for them. Not at all. Also rest in peace to KOD. Rest in peace. Yeah. We had gone to KOD because, oh, we went on a Monday because the whole Lil Wang uh, or live on Sundays, King of Diamond Mondays. We're like, yo, we definitely got to go to KOD on this Monday for sure. So let me talk about KOD and then I'm going to talk about some of the other shit that we did. (laughs) So we, on Miami, there are all these promoters just like hound you on the street. Hey, you want to go to this party tonight? I can get you the exclusive deal with like a private jet and just selling dreams bottles for two hundred dollars. 
We're like, like okay. Selling the street. Hey, yeah. And everyone's like, oh, I'll yeah. take that. For sure. Patron? Yeah, give it to me. <laughs> Five bottles, you said? So ten bucks? Yeah, give it to me. So we find we we find this promoter. We don't find him, he finds us. Yeah. And then this promoter is saying, Hey, got a deal where we I can get you tickets to kick to to do a pregame for KOD, a party bus that takes you to King of Diamonds and you're at King of Diamonds. I'm like, all right, bet. Sounds cool. Let's do it. I think we spent maybe $50, which didn't seem terrible no. during that time. Pre-game was lit. Wrath is bar. Everyone in our class at Maryland is there. So it seems like a Maryland function, but it was mad fun. So we're like, we're getting fucked up. We get on the party bus. The party bus was lit. Uh, we got a hand of the ox cord on the party bus. We were on. That was fun. And we show up to King of Diamonds. So in my head, out of all the rap songs and music videos that I've seen, I'm thinking King of Diamonds is going to be like this glorified place. So I show up in, you know, uh, a, like a little nifty blazer, you know, button-up shirt. You know, I'm, Sunday best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm dressed up. I'm a little, I'm a little yeah. up showing out as if I'm going to like a club. Like if I was going to yeah. uh, the Griffin for a New Year's party, something like that. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. kind of dressed as if I was going to a New Year's celebration. And we walk in, and I was like, yo, this is the most rashed place I've ever been to in my fucking life. <laughs> so, one. Tell them about the boxing ring. Oh, my God. So, there's a boxing ring in the middle of the strip club, which I, that threw me off. And apparently, it was fight That night. concept was weird to me, too. Very weird. It was fight night, and they had strippers. I don't know if they're strippers or just girls, but they had girls fighting each other in the middle of the boxing ring, like, full on. Yeah. Like pay-per-view fights just did it like I think they were separate from the strippers. And the I think there was DJ strippers was and boxers. <laughs> the DJ was just the most derogatory misogynistic. That nigga hated women. Yo, yo, beat that pussy down, fuck that bitch. Like just like just ber- but berating the women all at the same time. And yeah. I'm just like my high and my my turn level just goes all the way the fuck down. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? I'm not ready for this. You know, in prime, in like prime light skin fashion, I'm just like, yeah, nah. I want to save all these girls out here. <laughs> you don't have to do this, baby. <laughs> you can get you an education. Right, right, right. I help. There's every Drake lyric you could think. I'm a sponsor, you baby. <laughs> I'm on that. So we're all there, and at some point we get separated, and everyone kind of goes does their own shenanigans. And I know I don't go home with I don't go home with none of y'all. Nope, we didn't so, see you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blow up the spot for nobody. Please but don't. All I'm gonna say is I went home by myself. And what happened was I'm in the club and I'm chilling and I'm walking around just doing another lap before I decided to head out. And I bump into this dude. I say, "Excuse me, I don't pay no mind." And I walk to the other end of the club. This dude followed me. Six foot twelve, dudes in like a Nike Tech fleece, just grimacing as fuck. And he walks up to me and he looks down on me and he was like, yo, I will fuck you up. I will fuck you up right here. You're not safe. You can't you're like, I will. Anytime I, a nigga tells you you're not safe, <laughs> just know you're not safe and you need to fucking run. So, like, leave the situation immediately. <laughs> so I'm fucked up right now. I'm inebriated. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> in the mood. I'm not in the zone to make really good rational decisions. So I'm like, okay, I don't know how they get down in Miami. Do they fight? Do they stab? Do they shoot? I don't really fuck. Uh, all of it. I'm dressed up. 
I don't know where anyone is. So I don't even look him in the eyes. Just kind of look forward. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all right, bro. But he's still going. He's still going. <laughs> Dog, what the fuck? And ever since then, I'm like, yo, I'm never going to fucking go to a strip club again. So that was my KOD experience. Do you have any story or? Uh, yeah, I got one. So I think this was the summer I was homeless because my, <laughs> my let's, just, let's just say my housing situation fell through. Because I didn't know what it was, what it meant to like sublease from someone. So like I was ordering shit like in the mail, like I was ordering like sneakers on eBay. Like I was, I was like just getting into into sneakers in college. So I was like heavy on eBay. I think I ordered a pair of Jordans. Um, I think like cement threes or whatever. And I didn't realize that like <laughs> my name wasn't on the lease. So like I went to like the housing office or whatever, wherever the mailbox was, and. Someone at the front desk, like, I give her, like, my name and shit. I'm like, oh, I have a package. And she's like, oh, I don't see your name, like, on the apartment, like, number. Like, you, you don't have your name here. And I was like, huh. And she was like, wait, are you, like, subleasing? And I was like, uh. She was like, if you're subleasing, you need to leave right the fuck now. Not now, but right now. <laughs> so, like, security, like, escorts me out. Like, she, like, summoned them, and they, like, just appeared out of fucking thin air within five seconds. <laughs> And basically just like waited while I like removed all my shit from the room. And <laughs> thanks to Stacy, he had, I guess, a, a vacant room like in his crib where he was staying across campus. Um, so I got to stay there. But if it weren't for that, that couch, I would have been homeless for that summer. Like while that, was that was a very humbling summer. That was a very humbling summer. One, I was taking, I had a job, on-campus job that provided me on-campus housing for the summer. So like shout out new conferences and visitor services one of our roommates never moved in to the apartment so we had a vacant room so we're like yo fuck it like just stay here and so between that and then you know one of you guys like living out in the living room on the couch or something you and ivan uh you know we made it work but it was a struggle summer I was struggling in taking struggles, not even the right word. I fucking lived off the fucking dollar menu at McDonald's. Yo, literally that's all I (laughs) ate for a whole fucking two months. It was lit though, because it, but those are those moments there where when I look back and I see where we are now professionally, you know, financially, I'm like, yo, like we came a long way. So yeah, I was working, but you know, and (laughs) my job, I would work nights like from 9 PM to 5 a.m., but only really be on call, and I was rarely ever on call. So one time we threw a party while I was at work, pulled that shit off. Danny died off of a fucking edible. Yep. Don't do edibles. That's a trend. <laughs> if you're listening, Luis's brownies. <laughs> <laughs> shout releases brownies. Hey yo, releases brownies. Now shout to the plug, Luis. You know who you are. I'm gonna send this podcast to you if you aren't already listening. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that shit had me. Fuck that, that shit had you fucked up. I don't think I had one. Cause there's no way I would have been man. that night. But no, just that whole that that summer in particular really, really, you know, tested our grit, our stamina, our mental. Uh, we started playing the fuck out of FIFA. Word. Real. It was just a really that was but it was a good time. Like it was a struggle in those moments. Like a lot. Ivan and I would go to go to Jimmy John's and get, you know, a loaf of bread for whatever, 25 or 50 cents and live off of that for a little while. 
Like that and rights was struggling, dog. It was. I would cook for y'all niggas. Like it yeah. was like I felt like I had dependents in my household now that I really had to <laughs> figure out. So like, now I got two grown kids. Like I gotta, I gotta make <laughs> money right now. But it was appreciate you, Unc. <laughs> nah, man, it was a good time. It was definitely a good time. Shout out to those memories. I'm just glad that 26, 27, we can we are continuing. We are continuing to make memories. Continuing to have fun, continuing to grow, continuing to to develop. We're not at our peak at all, not even close. Definitely not. And we're still progressing. We're still having fun, still making money, still getting into the shenanigans here and there. Oh man, every time I come up to New York, man, it's always always some shit, (laughs) always some fucking shit. You're a legend on Dykeman. Uh, You already know the vibes, but they go poppy over here, bro. (laughs) Oh man. Fun reminiscing, short episode. So we talked about Insecure, The Last Dance, play some music, gave you all some college memories. Some anecdotes. Anecdotes. Yeah. We'll keep yeah. this episode short and sweet. Absolutely, man. I really think, appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, listeners. Where well, we love y'all. To y'all. Uh, the feedback that we've been getting is pretty good and constructive. Thank you, for, again, everyone yeah. that's been fucking with us. Thanks for tapping in. It's going to keep getting better. Again, we're going to have more guests on. We're going to have a guest for our next episode, which I'm excited, yes, which I'm excited about. Uh, we started reaching out to some big names too, man. We so did. We're just going to, we're just going to throw it out there. We're going to shoot for the stars. We're trying to put together some dope content for y'all. It is. It's only going gotcha. yeah, to keep getting better. Again, you can Hold check it. us out on Instagram at the doll roar, Twitter underscore the doll roar. Check out our website, thedollroarradio.com. We can be found on Spotify as well. We have a whole Spotify playlist. Yep. Uh, so find us, The Doll Roar, on Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcast as well. Again, this is fun. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Stay safe. Please, please, please make sure to rate, subscribe us on All Apple. That. All that. Share this podcast yeah. with some of your friends. You know, keep listening. Word. Keep this. Uh, merch dropping soon as well. Uh, might have some gas, uh, uh, not gas mask, face mask. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> fucking just starting to come out with gas masks? But I've now, seen it. <laughs> we're gonna have uh, face masks uh, in the works. It's gonna be there. All that things right. that you don't think you're gonna need, you're gonna need for Thanks. real. But it's been fun as always. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. And again, this is the Dog Roar podcast radio station. Peace.